Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with Dallas-based jazz drummer and composer Bobby Falk. We caught up with him about his 2023 CD coming to fruition. This Louisville, Kentucky native grew up in a musical family. Father Gary Falk is a saxophonist and owns the local recording studio Falk Audio, while his mother Darissa is a pianist and organist who taught music for over 30 years in public school. And now Bobby is etching his own musical legacy. We get into this new album, his life in music, the future, and so much more. Enjoy. Bobby Falk, what's up, man? Yeah, that's me. Yeah. Thank you, Joe. Uh, thanks for having me. Glad yeah. we could got this here. We finally hooked up. Yeah, man. It's great yeah. to meet you. Where are you yeah. located? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm in Dallas, Texas. Okay, right on, man. Well, hey, it's great yeah. to meet you. I'm coming out of Kansas City. So um, I appreciate you taking a minute out. And I'm going to begin everything here with asking you as a musician in the jazz community, how you survived the last three years, how you got through COVID and how it changed you. Yeah, COVID, man. Uh, boy, three years, Joe. How about that? It's, yeah, right. It's really been over over three years. Over, rather. yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a rough time, uh, like it is in Kansas City. And uh, certainly, it was like that here. All the gigs shut down for about five or six months. Um, but that uh, proved to be a good time for people to write um, and write music. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of some of the music on this album, the brand new album I've got is kind of from that period of maybe six months to a year where we were all writing stuff and making videos and recording and doing um, new projects. So I, if, if anything, it probably um, shaped everything. And then when the gigs came back at the end of 2020 and 2021, you know, we had more stuff. Uh, we kind of, reshape the band and refocus a little bit so the title of your album is probably a metaphor for that time period coming to fruition everybody was just kind of incubating this time how does it feel to have a new album out in this post-pandemic era yeah yeah well it's great it's it's uh yeah as you've said it's been about probably three years in the making uh really the coming coming to fruition uh yeah it definitely could be a metaphor for that it's uh more or less, I was working on my first tour as a band leader, and the tour um, fell apart in 2020 for obvious reasons. Uh, and then I I tried it again, 2021, didn't quite work out, and we finally did it last year, 2022. Um, and then that's about the time I wrote that tune, Coming to Fruition, Um uh, so with kind of the whole body of work from the last three years and finally doing our first tour, uh, Midwest tour last year, uh, that's sort of what the album is about, I guess. So talk to me a little bit about what you're hoping the listener gets from this album. Yeah, this album, uh, kind of like my previous three or four albums, more or less, uh, you know, it's 12 cuts and uh, all the cuts are, four or five minutes and uh got a nice melody and stuff i, I really want it uh, i guess danceable might be a word or um i want it for the average listener uh like yourself and 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 your viewers and uh like non jazz fans so to speak um they could put this album on during a party or they could have a a conversation during it you know i i want this album um 
you know, just uh, normal people, I guess, could uh, listen to it. That, not just your hardcore jazz fans. Which is kind of the coolest thing about jazz is that when you do get people and they're like, I didn't expect that. It just kind of hooks them in. And it's, uh, as you very well know, once you get into the jazz groove, it's a lifelong addiction. Yes. Yes. So speaking of a lifelong addiction, how did this journey begin for you? Where were you born and raised and how did these roots of music and jazz get into you? Yeah, uh, I'm, I was born and raised in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Um, a pretty good jazz town. You know, Jamie Ebersold is there. Uh, Jamie's done all the jazz summer camps and stuff and um, done a lot for jazz education. Uh, so I was with Jamie for a long time and as a camper and then playing with him as a young man. And uh, my father, Gary Falk, is a, uh, is a saxophonist, a very popular saxophonist back in Louisville. So I get my jazz from dad and then my mother is a was a uh, it's still living but she was a teacher for 35 years music teacher she played um, a piano and organ uh so i got started it's so it's a musical family and i got started in lessons on piano and i still play some piano but i, I think i probably made the switch to drums in uh middle school and um kind of went from there and went to the university of louisville on a scholarship they got a very fine um jazz studies there and uh moved to texas about seven years ago so what was the first live jazz show you saw that blew you away uh, oh live jazz uh oh boy there's so many i trying to think of the first one as a youngster i was going to uh van halen you know <laughs> that was kind of my first love uh jimmy hendrix van halen warrant uh Led Zeppelin, right? Uh, as I'm sure that's your background also. Yeah, we uh, <laughs> I, But jazz, yeah. Uh, I, I got into jazz probably um, middle school and high school. The first the first one, uh, yeah, yeah, I was really blown away by um, Pat Matheny, as you can probably hear from some of my work. Uh, Pat's, Pat's a very strong, direct... Um, influence on me in my writing and in my group sound and uh i've seen pat maybe five to ten times uh, i live in his i live in his hometown i'm in i live in lee summit you are Th yeah. yeah that's correct yeah <laughs> yeah so i always hear pat stories man like especially during the pandemic whenever i bring up lee summit because i just moved there in january 2020 and then whoosh, everything shut down so i'd mention yes. that and everybody had a pat story and it was always a really good one yeah yeah, yeah, that's right. He's from there. I don't think he spent much time there, did he? No. I, I think he went to Boston. Yeah, he boogied out pretty quick. Yeah, I think he was at the Frost School. He was <laughs> yeah. in Boston, and then it's New York. He swung through Kansas City here this summer for the first time in a long time. He played at the Kaufman Performing Arts Center. So yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot, a lot of, a lot of dust was in the air. He was gone. <laughs> yeah well pat's uh definitely he's a he's a, a big influence on me uh with many others uh yeah, john coltrane um joshua redmond kenny garrett but uh, pat with the um guitar uh bringing bringing that guitar right to the forefront and um you know melodies and kind of kind of the overall group sound and stuff so i guess from an early age pat was a strong influence and i you know i got a lot from attending 
those Jamie Ebersold uh, concerts and um, hearing um, like uh, Dave Liebman, Tom Harrell, Phil Woods, uh, people like that in Louisville, Kentucky as a youngster. You know, it's funny. I was, you know, obviously in the rock groove listening to Van Halen when I was a kid. And I didn't realize <laughs> at that time how gonzo and smart David Lee Roth is. So I've been hearing interviews with him and it's like, my God, like there was a, I, I heard a story where he became a paramedic after he got out of music, like after his whole solo thing. And no one really knew that he did this. So can you imagine like he's in the back of an ambulance getting it hooked <laughs> up and they're like, there's no way that's David Lee Roth. So, but yeah, he was a hardcore EMT and I was listening to an interview with him. I think it was with Jane Pauley back in the day. And I'm like, was he Gonzo then? Was his interviews the same way? Oh, it immediately went off the rails. But he's <laughs> deep, man. He's deep. He's true. There's something about him that just, you know, it, it's pretty it's pretty earth shattering. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. So he's, <laughs> he's a good cat. So let me yeah. ask you this. What What is it that you like the best about being a professional musician? There's all these aspects that go into it. But what do you look forward to the most? Well, uh, for this, for me and in, in this stage, for me, um, in my career, it's all about the band and albums and touring and festivals. And that we're kind of phasing out some of the, uh, the other gigs, restaurants that we could still play in restaurants and stuff. There's a lot of that here, Dallas, Fort Worth. Um, but, uh, I'm more focused on, on, um, writing and touring and recording making albums and uh so we're doing another tour um two tours actually we're doing a um a texas tour next week uh and then two weeks after that uh, we're doing another tour through um through kentucky ohio indiana uh Excellent. so i guess real i'm looking forward to to the touring and festivals and just writing more music. So you obviously over your career have played with veterans and esteemed musicians. What have you learned from them that you in turn teach younger players that you get to play with? Yeah, just, um, um, know the melody for one, you know, have a good band with a good, uh, saxophone player i guess uh, somebody that can play the melody right um uh, nothing too crazy and um be true to the art form and always do your homework on uh who became or, or uh, on who came before you and doing your homework and and um be smart um uh, it's it's tricky to uh as you're well aware to try to uh support a family make a living just doing jazz so I, I you know i encourage people to you know some people are teachers and have full-time teaching gigs and they play on the side or some people it's um what do you call it? it's a it's a hobby i guess you could call it um i've got a day job i work for a um a seafood company i'm a driver um i do that four or five days a week and that helps i guess pay the bills but i also get my uh health insurance medical and uh good benefits and that and that lets me do the gigs that i want to do uh, so i yeah i just encourage people to figure out what works for them and be true to the art form yeah preaching to the choir i'm doing the same thing this is a yeah. passion project you know 
Um, right. So, um, let me ask you this very simply put, why do you love jazz? Um, yeah, it's just, uh, freedom of expression and, uh, just writing tunes and, uh, you can pretty much do what you want. There are some rules, I guess, but, uh, yeah, um, I've just been always, I've always liked jazz and been drawn to it. And, uh, there's no stopping now, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So let me yeah. ask you this. If we get <laughs> off the phone, the jazz DeLorean pulls up in front of your house. You can go in, punch in the digits and see any dream gig in the history of jazz. Where are you going? Oh boy. Well, that's a, that's a loaded question. There's so many options for me. Uh, yeah, probably not the Matheny stuff because he's our era, the current day. And I've seen him five to 10 times. I'd probably go back, um, to the train, John Coltrane. Uh, You know, his life was so short, you know, he died in 1967. Uh, I'd probably go back and, and hear, the quartet with Elvin, Jimmy Garrison, McCoy. Uh, that's just one that jumps out uh, for me. Of course, there's all the great groups from Miles and Charlie yeah. Parker, you know, some of the godfathers of the music. But yeah, I'd probably say if you had to choose one, I'd love to see that um, the quartet with Elvin and, and Coltrane. For sure. Yeah, I would love to yeah. see that too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So Bobby, everyone has a perception of you, family, friends, fans, colleagues, but you run the show. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? Uh, it, yeah, it's changed over the years. I mean, now I, I think I'm just uh, pretty much everyone regards me as a good guy and a family guy and um, treats people well and uh, and treats his musicians well, both financially and physically, mentally. Uh, you know, um, I, I probably say that's my reputation and I take care of guys and um uh, uh yeah just now it's more um bobby the um band leader and writer and so right on so yeah. let's get the good information out where can people pick up coming to fruition anything about you and your world live shows where do they go yeah 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 so uh, you can go um check out the website www.bobbyfalkmusic.com that falk is f-a-l-k uh, we're also on um, Facebook, Bobby Falk Group, and um, Instagram is B Falk Music. Um, so the new album coming to fruition came out on Friday, this past Friday, September the twenty second, and uh, it's available on streaming platforms, uh, pretty much all of them: Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, YouTube Music. Um, so it's on there and, uh, physical copies are available, but you can only get them, I think on the gigs. And, uh, so we're doing some touring. I've got a Texas tour coming up next week through, um, Fort Worth, Austin, Dallas, Denton and Allen. And then we got another tour two weeks after that. So if you're, um, coming to a city near you, I guess, uh, so if you're in, some of those cities in the midwest or uh texas then um check out the tour dates and if you're not then we got the album up on all uh streaming platforms so right on so bobby thank you so much for your story thank you for your time i really appreciate it best of luck with the album and the tour i appreciate it thank you joe so much 
Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players and minds in Dallas, Louisville, Kansas City, and spots all over the globe giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to Bobby for his time, energy, and cool. If you want to hear more Neon Jazz interviews, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to us at YouTube, and for everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.